everyone. Welcome back to Highly Inspired. I'm Ella. I'm Jordan. Hey guys, um, we're back this week and we have a little announcement. We're currently live on Clubhouse right now. Yeah, new app. Get on it. It's cool. For everyone who's listening right now that is on Clubhouse, hello. We are here back in our original studio, which is our home in California. Happy to be back here. Um, and today we um, we kind of we have a topic that is a lot more multifaceted than the ones that we have been doing recently. We've we're kind of um, finger on the press when it comes to certain topics. Just like when when there's a rise in something, we're just wanna we just wanna get on it and discuss or, mm-hmm. or educate ourselves. But um, this one's been one that's kind of been in our note list for a while, and it kind of relates to the phase in life that we're at right now, which is. The fact that we're still college students, soon to not be, but um, but there are a lot of options in life, and there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> conflicting routes and opportunity cost channels to turn down in terms of decision making and just overall choices mm-hmm. for how to conduct your life. And so this is something that has perplexed us in certain given points in time. And I'm in one of those phases right now too. So hopefully this can be an episode where I figure <laughs> out how to like talk through my own mental issues. And Elle always helps me with that. So it's perfect. We help each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think especially in America, we have a lot of options. And sometimes when you have more options, it's actually more overwhelming like they've done a lot of studies on this I actually was looking into it I was reading a few different articles one was from the New York Times and they've done like studies especially with even something as simple as like picking out food options where people are more likely to make a decision with less options like I think they did Mm -hmm. a study with like 24 jams versus six different types of jams and like yes more people browsed the jams when there was more options but less people actually ended up buying anything yeah so I think that we think that we want endless amounts of freedom, which I think that we should have free societies, but I do think that we are kind of easily stressed out and then we second guess our choices as well. Because like if you have, you know, you go into an ice cream store and there's 30 different flavors, you're going to be a lot more regretful than if there was just two options, yeah, you know, yeah. Like it's just hard. It's not that we want a limitless amount of freedom or sorry, freedoms. It's more when you have a surplus of stuff and that stuff can fall into a million different categories, whether it be products that you buy or places to go, people to see, people to meet, people who to follow on social media. There's just such a overwhelming amount of things and we can't even compartmentalize it all. How do you retain this much information? How do you experience everything? How do you visit every place? How do you buy every popular item that's relevant? There's just no way. So figuring out which ones and where to go, who to who to be with, what freedoms you are allowed to pursue, um, that you actually do pursue, mm-hmm. how do you decipher that? And America has allowed us an amazing place where we have that luxury of choice. Not a lot of country, not all countries have that. And not a lot of history has allowed people to have that, um, like terrain either. So this is totally new. And I think that it's actually so new to the point where Americans are like, we are in the midst of figuring it out. Like mm-hmm. we're still in the, that early stage. Yeah, we're not evolved to handle these. I don't think choices. that we're allowed to. Yeah, exactly. Because like, like go what you were saying, a lot of people, in our daily lives, we don't really realize, especially living in America, but if you track the entire history of the world, when we had kings and rulers and barbarians and like all these different like things going on and so much kind of just <laughs> Viking or, times, Viking times, like, um, like the, like just so many, so many different groups, like so much violence and not that there isn't violence now, but I think that before things were very like civil like things became more society driven um you know it it just I don't know it it made it harder 
that yeah like you just we, we aren't used to this much freedom I don't no know. we're not used to this much freedom in in previous societies especially around the medieval times viking times even soviet russia those freedoms were not only more restrictive but it was just a more hostile way of living that you you look towards your adults and you followed similar life paths as them and that was what everyone did so no one was really um diverting from that life path yeah and then and then, yeah, in terms of just things to do, places to go, people didn't travel around the world. People didn't go on, uh, go to music festivals. People didn't have social media to figure out who to follow and, and make content and, and make art every day. That's what pe- people in America are doing yeah, like 24-7, especially with the pandemic. Yeah, and I think that, like like you said, back in olden days, like, okay, you your objective was to survive. Like, some people didn't even have enough food. Most people were malnourished. That's why if you ever go to, like, um, a museum in, in Europe, you'll see, like, the, the armor of the guys, and they're, like, four feet, and you're like, why are these people so short? And it's Lord because, Farquaad. Yeah, they're all Lord, Far- Lord Farquaad. <laughs> I don't know if he wore armor, but... <laughs> I think he did, yeah. But, like, it's because they were malnourished, and it was because, like, that was the primary purpose of life was to survive and kind of just enjoy nature. Like, I was even thinking about... Um, like I'm watching all this stuff happen in Texas and see like how people are so dependent on things like electricity and and Mm -hmm. running water, Mm -hmm. things that we like think of as necessities, but you know, even like a hundred years ago, that wasn't guaranteed and people could withstand a lot more than they can today. And we're so much more specialized. And like you said, you know, you can, there's so many more careers that are out there. It used to be like, okay, you just do do what your dad does or like you are an apprentice. Yeah, you're an apprentice yeah. and then you learn the skill and then you find a wife and then you have kids and then it's the exact same life trajectory for every single person. But they were so, but they yeah. were happy in doing so because everybody else was like that. Yeah. But now on the other side, we're over here where everyone is trying to be different. Everyone is trying to be unique in their own way, but also by following their hearts, but also by trying to be happy, but also trying to figure out both of those while having a million options to go down. So do you think- How do you do that? I don't know. Do you think think we'd be better off if we lived in a society where we didn't have as much options? Like the US in 2021, currently in the history of the world, most options like if you're born here you have the most options um do you think it'd be better if there was limitations like for example um in france uh they have a very strict rules on hours and how much they can work let me pull up the exact um details but it's basically in order to kind of ensure that people have a a structured home life balance where in the u.s it's up to you to make that decision no one's gonna limit how long you can work now there are certain things like okay um there's a minimum wage um if you make overtime you know etc there are certain regulations in place and like child child labor etc and those things are good because you need to have some sort of boundaries but i don't think that it's healthy if we had full restrictions like France, where their work week, I think it's 35 hours, but let me just double check. Um, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what, yeah. what society is better? I've lived in America my whole life, so I don't know if I would be able to fully understand, but I think the pandemic has actually helped me understand that as a possibility in a little bit of a way, because yeah, right now, at least for me, I'm in a in an age group where finding a job is a little bit harder than, say, someone who has held a senior position in a company. Um, I am out of college, so or I will be out of college soon, so I don't think that I would be able to understand how it's mm-hmm. like for seniors in high school to be choosing colleges right now. But I would assume that they have a limited amount of options as opposed to a year and a half ago where yeah. – they had the whole pool of colleges to go to. Because now with the pandemic, people are considering schools that are having um, in-person education. Mm -hmm. People are considering how far away schools are. People are considering um, just a lot of different factors that actually – that mean a lot with the the pandemic situation. Mm -hmm. So it's different than what we had when we were seniors in high school. And I think that – I, I do understand that not everything is guaranteed. Not all the options that we thought that we had – um, before the pandemic are guaranteed because yeah. that can be taken away 
but we still, compared to so many other places on this earth, have, have a lot of options. Infinitely more options. Yeah. So that I don't think will ever really fully go away. Fully go yeah. away. Um, so I guess my answer to your question would be I don't know if we are better off having I don't know if we would be better off having a limited amount of options. I don't mm-hmm. think we would be. Mm-hmm. But right now, since we're still in that beginning phase of learning how to evolve alongside mm-hmm. this crazy amount of mm-hmm. options, um, I don't know if we're, we're experts yet. Yeah. So that'll just yeah. have to continue. And I tend to agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, I have heard the counter argument, which is like, okay, well, countries like France or like Denmark, where maybe they, um, you know, they only work 35 hours a week, but they pay more in taxes and then they get more benefits and they have kind of, it's a forced work home balance yeah. structure. And so maybe that does increase happiness. I'm not really but sure. But what if you're someone who doesn't fit stats. in that but system? But see, that's the thing is- Then you're going to be really depressed. Exactly. Like what if you're the type of person that needs- um, another option, you know? And so that's always my counterbalance. And I try when I am making this argument, I go back to, okay, what is the definition of freedom? Right. And I think, um, like just kind of going into my, my own research, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different definitions of freedom, but basically it's the power to act, speak, or think as one wants without any restraint. So therefore I do think the American model is better. The caveat to that is that it puts a lot more personal responsibility on yeah. yourself to figure out. And a little bit of anxiety. And anxiety, because if you don't have, I don't think it's healthy for people to be workaholics. I think that the majority of people probably do need some sort of homework balance, which is why maybe in France it has worked out. But my position is I don't think it's the government's job to do that. I think that we're put on this earth to use our own set of morality code and our own spiritual needs to kind of work to figure that out within Mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. larger free society. Um, You know, for a while, a lot of people on the right tried to do that, whether it was um, even with comedy, like, Lenny Bruce, who was a famous comedian who really broke through with free speech with comedy, he was put in jail a ton of times because people didn't like him talking about things like sex or drugs or alcohol or race relations because it wasn't like, quote unquote, fit for society, even though he was an American, you know, so I think that any time we put these constraints like it just goes in a negative direction because there will be people that don't fit with those constraints exactly that's just inevitable exactly and i think same thing with um you know legalizing marijuana i think that that is something that we should do nationally but that does create more temptation for people to smoke every day Mm -hmm. but then again that isn't I don't think that's the government's job to figure out what makes you having like a good life. You know what I mean? I agree. So it's like, it's hard because when you have so much freedom, people get more lost. And that's why I think that America is very poor in spirit in that way because we have so many options and it like, how do you navigate that? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. do you think the pandemic has um, instilled in people a yearning for wanting to listen to rules or wanting some sort of, structure to follow and adhere to because I do think that there are people that so I've I've learned a lot of my classes like there's a, a a a pretty fundamental dichotomy between like people who tend to be followers and people who tend to be leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, But I actually disagree with a lot of it because for me, I find myself in situations where I want to be a follower and then Mm -hmm. for sure in situations where I just naturally want to lead something. Mm -hmm. And I think that all of us have that. I Mm -hmm. think in certain situations, we will fulfill that one we will identify with one of those roles but I don't know if people are 100% one or the other I do think in this pandemic though I've seen a big trend of people wanting to follow Mm -hmm. and wanting to be told this is what you need to do because we've been in an uncharted territory with this new virus that just came out and so what do you think of that do you think that that's a good thing do you think that that has it that that'll run its course after mm-hmm. a certain point in time mm-hmm. or yeah. Or is this just a trend that Americans are going to have forever? I don't know. I think that it ha- it comes down back to what I was saying, where we live in a society that's so free with so many options. And it's been like that for a really, really long time. Um, you know, and so I think, and also at the same time, religion and spirituality rates have been decreasing. Yep. So people, 
And some people are able to easily replace that with their own moral set of codes that they like strictly follow, but that can be very difficult, you know? And so that's, it's easier, I think, for people to subscribe to like a religion or some sort of spiritual outlet that gives them, okay, this is kind of a guideline of what I should do, what's right and what's wrong, because there's so much more to morality than just like listening to the law. You know what <laughs> that I mean? That isn't even a you, fraction of you, it. Yeah. You can do Agreed. so many bad things and still never go to jail. Like think yeah. about just how much, like no one, you can't get arrested for what you say, but you can hurt people a lot with your words, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, if there isn't laws in place to regulate speech, how do you morally know what's okay and what's not to okay either your parents teach you or you intrinsically know or you have some sort of outside guide that you're following and I think that because religion rates have decreased people are looking for kind of some more guidance on how to go about this whole COVID situation and instead of being like okay I'm gonna retract to my own set of morality everyone's relying on the government to tell them what they can and what they can't do agreed yeah it's very bizarre because we really saw that in the past year with yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, and I think that people are starting to realize like, okay, there isn't going to be this date where the government's like, everything's open, like free for all. You yeah, know? I Even know that hit vaccine. me. That hit me when I was in the shower, like I think last week. And I was just going, wow, wouldn't it be so nice if we just had one set date where everyone came together in, agree- in agreement that it's over. Yeah. And that we could just go back to what we had before. But that's just that's not going to happen. So you're shooting yourself in the, if, in the foot <laughs> if you think that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that uh, religion and spirituality has been suppressed mm-hmm. and not as encouraged as it used to be. I don't know who the main culprit is on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there is one sole entity that is the culprit for that. But I think just collectively Americans have gone away from religion. And actually, since it's not taught in schools, at least public schools anymore, um, a lot of people don't really know anything about it. Or what options there are to tap into. Yeah, they don't know basic fundamental um, structures that are within the most popular religions that exist in America. Mm -hmm. And so when a crisis situation happens, like what we've seen the last year, where are they going to know to go towards? How are they going to navigate what how the right are they going to find is, solace yeah. within that situation they're going to go towards someone that's where the i think when you're in an anxious overwhelmed state your follower nature sort of is expressed more because mm-hmm. you're trying you can't take on anymore yeah. you're already feeling overwhelmed so you're going to instantly assume more of a follower stance and so you want other people to tell you what's best for you want you want to make the best decisions and so then you then people have turned to the government and I would I would maybe advise against that in certain circumstances I think that if we were more educated on um, religious life and spirituality that people could express that in those areas because Mm -hmm. yeah I I think that that would be a good solution yeah and I think that you know the pandemic from the beginning it was all about we talked about this the experts like the experts knew what we were supposed to do and they've contracted they've contracted themselves contradicted contracted themselves every single step of the way mass then no masks, then masks again, and then now two masks. And now, you know, the data shows the lockdowns, they don't work. Now it's like wear three masks and a hazmat suit (laughs) and don't go outside your house. And even if you have the (laughs) vaccine. And get the vaccine. But even if you have the vaccine, then you can still infect other people. Um, It's like, and it's not fully effective. Yeah, they have no idea what they're talking about. No one knows what they're talking about. Um, You know, another great example is... um, when California were in California right now, when California went into their second lockdown in December, we actually were higher in hospitalizations than when Newsom lifted the order two months later. So it just shows you that no one's making decisions based off of actual yeah. science. It's all like what I've been trying to shuffling tell- things around and just seeing like what's going to happen. When I've know. been when I've been in conversations about the pandemic right now. Um, and I come across someone who really is still in that state of listening to every single thing. And in certain in certain times I have been and I will be depending on what it is that I'm like absorbing. Mm-hmm. But um, I've just been asking the questions of, OK, so why haven't the lockdowns worked? Yeah, That's a good question, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if that was supposed to, if we were supposed to lock down for four months and have a significant decrease in numbers, well, we're a year later. And why haven't certain things like fully worked? So I think that that's just a good thought experiment. And yeah, I don't know all the answers, but it's good to ask questions and I encourage that. And this whole show, I mean, that's what we've done in like every episode so far. So yeah, we'll continue that. Yeah. So I found, so when we, when we were researching this whole thing of like too many options and what the actual solution to that would be, because I know that if for anyone who's listening, anyone who's grown up in America or has spent a significant amount of time in America understands that there are just a million options here and we just have a surplus of things and content and people and places to go to and how do you do it all because time is finite and we only have a we only have so many years to do yeah. all of these things yeah. you can't live a million lives in 80 years yeah. or however long we have on this planet so Um, there's a book written by a psychologist called The Paradox of Choice, and he describes this um, phenomenon of being overwhelmed and having Mm -hmm. anxiety over, like, too many decisions as an actual paradox Mm -hmm. because it drains you. Mm -hmm. And I've had moments of that. Ella, I know you have too, Mm -hmm. and I'm actually in a phase where I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do after graduation? I, I lo- I'm I too interested in too many things. There are a million careers that I wish I could fit in to a point in time, but then I'm also, I'm also a female. I want to have a family. I want to do like more wholesome things too. So it's like, how do you navigate that? Yeah, I don't know. You should go to, to therapy, but. I think part of the problem is that in America, like as much as I love this, like there's a saying like, oh, you can do it all, you know? And I think that we have to teach that you can't do it you all. You can't do it all. And that I think also like what you're saying, even with like people, there are so many people in the world and that is great. And it's so awesome that like now with an app, even like with dating apps, I mean, I don't have any, but if I did, like you'd be able to swipe and see a thousand people in yeah. what, 15 minutes. Uh-huh. And you see all these personalities, all these different profiles, all these different pictures. And it's like, very overwhelming compared to how you used to have to date which was like okay if we even go back like a hundred years you might only know like a few people in your town (laughs) that's all anyone could handle that's all it can handle how could you handle being in a community of twelve thousand people and know every single person that's not even a community yeah so we've called them towns and cities and think about how many less options you would have to get married like there'd be less choices but what's weird is that people like in smaller towns actually get married before people in big cities and that could be a cultural thing I'm not arguing that I think people who go to cities are people who are more independent and probably don't care about marriage as much or are fine waiting longer Mm -hmm. but I do think it's interesting that places where there's less options people tend to be able to like find a partner easier than in a huge city where there's dating apps and there's yeah. many people at bars and there's many people at work and no, that's you a good a, point. A huge bigger network because I think that you get more picky. Like the more things you're exposed to, the more picky you're going to get on who you hang out with, what type of pe- like what type of personality you're like, what type of look you look want. <laughs> like imagine if you've only seen like three guys, your perception of what your type is is going to be so oh, much. I don't know who's only seen three guys in their lifetime. I know, except, but, unless you lived in some crazy rural area. But imagine, like your perception and no access to technology. Like that's how it used to be. Like it was whoever was around you. You know. Yeah, that's true. I wrote down the sur- surplus of people on dating apps as another example of being overwhelmed. Like, you know, overwhelming. but it's actually really beautiful when you think about it in that way because. When, where else would you be able to pick between people and a large amount of people instantaneously just by like swiping your finger? But it is a con And it's creepy when you think about it. It, I agree. It has pros and cons. Yeah. But if you lived in a place that was rural and you only had three like eligible bachelors in your town. But if you don't know any better, is it really that bad? That's my question. I don't know. It's confusing. See? Because like for yeah. hundreds of years, people like think about um, like Little House on the Prairie. If anyone remembers those books, like the people in those towns, there was one schoolhouse and that was all you knew. And like 
Lo- yeah, you went care. from home to school, maybe to your dad's shop and was an yeah. apprentice. That was it. And Laura like met her husband when she was 18 or whatever. And they seemed fine. Like they seemed to end up having a fine life. Now, I don't know. Maybe it was horrible. But from the books, it sounded great. And so that's my question is like she didn't have all these options. And, and I think even dating like that can be so overwhelming because then you start to get so like dismissive of everyone. Then you know what I mean? Like if you're so dismissive of everyone just based off of like one photo or like one description on an mm-hmm. app, mm-hmm. like maybe that person actually would be a really good fit for you. And if you just keep cycling through people, like will you end up with nothing? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know the the saying people are a product of their environment? Mm-hmm. Like that depending on how you were raised or the people that you spent – like the most time with or where you went to school that you kind of sort of adapt to that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What if we're in a time right now where we're products of like all environments because we sort of have had a taste of everything. Mm -hmm. Like I can, I could put myself in someone's shoes of living in Boston during a winter. I, I, we have all of these movies and videos and vlogs and social media and people are so much more used to traveling to all Mm -hmm. these little places all the time that we kind of have a taste of everything. And so I do think that that's very new and Mm -hmm. technology has allowed us to sort of visualize every place. Like we have almost documentation of every single place, every single mountain, every Mm -hmm. single area in this country and maybe even the world. Mm -hmm. So we can see it. We don't necessarily need to go there to see it. If I mean, going to a place is obviously a lot more of a visceral experience. You activate more senses and you remember it a lot better. Mm -hmm. But if you were someone who say you were disabled and you didn't want to go and you weren't able to travel to that place in order to experience it, we do have the technology that they can get a taste of it, that they can understand. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that saying of you're a product of your only environment, your only physical environment really, um, holds true anymore because we see things from all over the country. Mm -hmm. We follow people across the country and in, on the East coast and who live in every state. And we have close friends that we went to high school with and who are all scattered everywhere. So it's kind of like living vicariously through everyone to the point where we're able to really associate and relate to, yeah, yeah, just on a next level than maybe our parents had. Yeah, for sure. I think especially like what you brought up with, um, you know, all of the, all of our high school friends and seeing their photos from all over the country. It's like, okay, I have an idea of what going to school in Texas is, even though I've never been to a game there. I've never really like been on a campus, but I see all these photos and, and videos. It's, it's not the same as going there. It's not the same. It's not, as, the same. It's not the same as living through it. But it's a hint. But it's a hint. And it's enough where you can categorize things and very quickly decide if you want to do that or if you want to dismiss it. And you feel like, okay, I can. It puts all this more pressure on you to make the best choice possible out of all the options because you feel like, oh, I have all the information. Yeah. I need yeah. to find exactly the right school that I fit into. I need to find exactly the right person that I want to date. I have to find the exact best friends. I have to live in the exact place that fits my vibe. Like people will be like, oh, I, you know, I could never live in Boston. And it's like, well, you haven't even been to Boston. You just see videos and think that, you know, but you haven't actually adapted to it. Exactly. And And I do believe people are adaptable. If you really want to do something like you, you will adjust. So in a way we have gotten more information. So we're able to like rule things out without experiencing it, which it, it, that is very efficient. But on the flip side, it puts all this more pressure that's like, okay, now I have all this information. What do I do with that? And now I feel like I have to make yeah. the best choice that I won't regret. And that's yeah. a lot so of stress. Say, so say the my hypothesis of everyone being a product of all environments, mm-hmm. what is like the actual one that you put yourself in, you know? Because like obviously the environment that you build in your head from all of the information that you're mm-hmm. absorbing through digital world and through your friends and people you keep in touch with how does that play into the decisions you actually make to pursue like your in-person life Mm -hmm. and that's hard especially Mm -hmm. here in this country because it's awesome but there's just a lot to do (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and I think I what you kind of mentioned with the pandemic like I think there was a lot of things 
especially like if you live in a first world country, especially in the U.S., and if you have the means to do so, you think, oh, it's just normal to like go to college and have this college experience. And then you think, oh, it's just, it's just, it's normal to maybe save up and go abroad for a semester. Oh, it's just, it's normal after graduation to do a grad trip. And now with COVID and everything being so restricted and, and not really seeing a light at the end of the tunnel anytime soon, I'm starting to realize like, okay, like I, like this was all very new. Like the fact that you could just hop on a plane and be in Japan yeah. In, a, in a day less than a day is so new and and the fact that there's way there's so little risk in that like if you think about people coming here on boats to you know discover north america that was really dangerous like making that decision to get on the boat your chances of surviving well they didn't even were, know if there was land on the other side yeah some or they would have just ended up sailing the entire earth back to where they were if they didn't find anything so that was the risk that they had they had to decipher okay is this worth it there might not be land on the other side we might not end up where we want to end up um they dealt with three months of tuberculosis at sea with only like 50 people on a only 50 people on a ship all sick storms you don't there's no islands in the middle of the atlantic you can't just stop and take a pit stop and fill up your gas tank it doesn't work that way yeah so i think that's another thing that's causing a lot of anxiety too is that our anxiety doesn't get placed in kind of the right areas like the reason anxiety is actually a very very natural feeling and and natural process i think it's a good it's a good feeling to have sometimes because it it stops you from making poor decisions and i think that our brains are so advanced that our conscience is directly tied with our subconscious like emotional Mm -hmm. processing so yeah your conscience when you feel like this is a bad decision that's going to link uh, a trigger in your emotional response to be anxious to, to realize this isn't this might not be healthy for me but from an evolutionary standpoint it was because like it was literally life or death. It wasn't even just like good decisions. Survival. Bad. It was yeah. it was pure survival. And so you have this emotion that is very, very intense. Like it is the emotion that you get when a lion is chasing after you. And now we're experiencing it with little things like deciding, <laughs> oh, do I want to go to Italy or Greece for spring or for oh, my trip? I have so much anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> we're triggering a emotional response that we were evolved to have when we're in a, a life or death situation. And now we're True. having it in all these tiny situations because we're trying to make these tiny decisions compared to the decisions that people used to have to make aka people who came here for hopes of a better life and had to risk getting sick and dying on the boat the the ship never making it etc etc so i running out of food freezing to death yeah the boat sinking exactly so i think that we there's a there's this, this combination of too many options and then also options that like there's really not a lot of danger and a lot of risk in the decisions that we're making comparatively to the history of the world. And that's why the COVID thing is so interesting because if you look at the fatality rate, especially for people our age, it's, it's less than the flu. And so the amount of anxiety that it's causing is very bizarre from a historic standpoint. That's a good point. I want to say a disclaimer that when we're speaking of this, I mean, we are, I mean, Ella, you and I are privileged in a lot of ways. Yeah. There are people that don't have options, that don't have smartphones right now and, and might not be as exposed to information yes. or to listen to a podcast like this. Yeah. So we're speaking to our listeners right now from a certain perspective, from a sp- perspective that if you have a device that is nice enough to be listening to this on some medium, you have had exposure to like real tech and real advancement. Exactly. And IE privilege. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I do think that it's good to recognize that there are a lot of people on this earth that, that don't really understand this perspective as well as we do. Mm-hmm. But I will say that a majority of Americans most yeah. likely do. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think just in general, yeah, like a lot of majority of the people still aren't, in the position that most Americans are, but I think we're coming, yeah, from that perspective. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, I love what you just said there. I have a good question that sort of relates to the whole, what is a solution mm-hmm. <laughs> to this feeling, this paradox where you do feel drained or whatever. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself a minimalist, but 
what do you know about minimalism? Do you think that encouraging more minimalism and having everyone be on the same band, bandwagon, mm-hmm. like headspace about it, that could be because then mm-hmm. we could try to limit. Cause I think that the baby boomer gen X generations mm-hmm. after the industrial revolution, um, they defined success as sort of more stuff mm-hmm. and just doing more things, mm-hmm. more people, more connections, more houses, more cars, all of that. And so we're now on the cusp of still having exposure to that. Mm -hmm. And that has been our parents for sure. Mm -hmm. But maybe Gen Z could have an opportunity to to redefine it, redefine success, maybe um, go towards a more minimalistic approach to life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen some people kind of start to do this and I'm hoping, I mean, I would hope the natural reaction to all this social media, all this exposure, all this knowledge that our data is being used against us, all, you know, I think that there has been signs that we are moving to a more minimalistic um, society in terms of, okay, if you look at apartment sales, apartments used to sell better if they were larger square foot as opposed to quality. And now quality is more important to buyers than the size of the apartment. So I think that's kind of one fact where you can see how people are choosing mm-hmm. more minimalistic um, habits as opposed to um, excessive has- habits. Can I add really yeah. quick something? Yeah. I think work from home also um, is more minimalistic because we're not building these like workplace structures either yeah. or seeing the demand for them anymore. Yeah, for sure. But I, I do feel like on the flip side of that, we do have – new industries popping off like the TikTok people and you see the houses they live in and kind of <laughs> yeah, the Kardashians and yeah. like you know this kind of lifestyle um cult following yeah that people Kylie Jenner has like f- a new car every Instagram post yeah and and that I think that that that's replacing talent um Tim Dillon talked about this on one of his podcasts but yeah it's it's this reality fo- like kind of following someone's life as opposed to being interested in talent. So I think that it's kind of, yeah. you go in either direction. Well, like, I, I, I do think, I do agree. Some people do look towards influencers in, ter- in terms of like what they have and what mm-hmm. they have to offer and what they're posting and stuff as opposed to what talent they're bringing to the table. I am definitely not the first. I don't care about the first. Yeah, yeah. But so I think that it's pretty split. I think that we could go in a really positive direction with the minimalistic stuff. Like there's this phone called the it's called a light phone. Um and you can really just only The text. light phone is sick. Yeah. It's you, so cool. I want one soap. <laughs> I know. But I just am not re- ready, I don't think, to fully make yeah. that adjustment because yeah. it would be a big move to get rid of my iPhone. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, a light phone, you pretty much can only like call text. Um, I think you can it's have call text. You can listen to podcasts. You can listen to music. And I think the next generation they're coming out with will have a camera, but the one, the first one mm-hmm. doesn't have a camera. And, so you can't take photos. And, That's the biggest thing for me. And ride share I wish I could have that camera. Too. Like they're going to have like a Uber something on it as okay. well. So the basics, yeah. the necessities. Yeah. It's not there yet. Like no I, social media though. I checked out. Yeah. I checked out their model and it's not there. However, um, I think in a few models like that, there, you, there could, there's going to be somewhat of a resurgence of people like, I don't want to live in this over digitalized um, world that we're heading into. And I'm going to kind of retreat and, try to be self-sustainable. Yeah. I think that we're going to move in that direction for mm-hmm. sure, at least a portion of the population. Another thing I just thought of, which I do love my phone for any device that I use on a day-to-day basis, is I always am just thinking of like dumb questions and I actually Google all of them. Mm-hmm. So whipping out my phone yeah. and going on Safari or Chrome or whatever that and just typing in questions, that I learn a lot from that. And I think that that has also played a big role in why Gen Z and it'll continue mm-hmm. with more generations, mm-hmm. like why we, we just know so much more because mm-hmm. it's just an infinite amount of info. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I don't use my phone too much for the search. I use mainly like my laptop. So I think that I could have a phone. But what's interesting that I'm, I'm just thinking about with this phone is it's a perfect representation of, um, okay, let's say an iPhone's America and let's say the light phone is what like France in terms of it's like bridging the gap a little 
it's 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 a visual it's an object representation of those two structures so you have an iphone which is the u.s where you have oh, every you're app saying. you can possibly think of on there and you have to be the one that that controls how much time you're on instagram like do you have the courage to delete the app like are you going to then just go ahead and re-download it like mm-hmm. how distracted are you going to be and if you have a light phone it is free in a way because you don't even have to manage all that stuff, right? It's just, okay, I only have text and call. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get that distracted on it. So that's kind of the equivalent of France in terms of, you know, their work-life balance and, you know, um, their 30-hour work week and, and having those caps mm-hmm. on Caps on a much, lot of things. Caps on a lot of things. And so I think that that's kind of the representation. Okay, like what society, what, what phone do you want more do you want and can you handle an iphone where it takes a lot of self-discipline not to be so distracted you know so maybe that's what we need just we want this ideal scenario of america allowing us all of the available options we want that i want that Mm -hmm. i want that for everyone but what we need to figure out how to evolve to come to is just having the discipline Mm -hmm. and actively practicing it to decipher between what we actually give our time towards and what we don't yeah and be okay with having FOMO not exactly yeah because I think that's what it Mm -hmm. is we all just have so much FOMO it's like we have a million tv shows on Netflix a million tv shows on Hulu a million movies and the pandemic allowed us to really slow down a little bit but but still like there's just a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and so you feel FOMO when someone says oh did you did you hear about this? Did you read this book or have you watched this? And you feel like you haven't yet, mm-hmm. but be comfortable in knowing, but I've had a lot already. Yeah. And it just, maybe you hadn't gotten to that yet, but, but I think that the, yeah, FOMO definitely plays a whole role in this like options thing Yeah, because it's sure. opportunity costs. You, d- you go down this path, but then you miss out on that path. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. You bring up the FOMO stuff. Cause like my mom used to tell me about how parties used to work back in her era in the 90s and it was like you just showed up to a party and you just whoever ended up going ended up going and now it's like I can go on snapchat I can see okay who's already there who's at this party who's at that party is the guy that I like going to be at that party did he post anything Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so you're making decisions like in real time and you're updating everyone in real time and it's not a very effective communication um strategy because it just it always puts you in limbo you people don't commit to things i mean how many people commit to a plan less than more than 24 hours out no one does people commit to plans in real time and so what's kind of stressful about that is that you don't have you aren't able to really plan your week ahead of time because we're in this space of constant limbo and constant moving around and always trying to find the best party the best group of people to hang out with because you don't have to commit to anything because with technology you can always change up plans you can always make up an excuse and just text someone oh i can't come yeah that's true that's true you didn't have to like go down the street and tell your friend I'm I'm not going out tonight. Yeah. Yeah, it was so much more instantaneous or it is so much more instantaneous. Yeah. And so that's also stressful because like I've been in so many situations where I thought that we had this plan and then all of a sudden my friends or a friend is switching up on me and they don't communicate it and it's very annoying. Yeah, know? yeah. I was going to say, so I'm not someone who posts a lot and I certainly am not someone who posts like stories of like where, where I'm at, if I'm Mm -hmm. at a party, just to like show that I'm at a party. Mm -hmm. I do see a lot of people who do do that. And to be honest, I don't know if that their intentions are great because what they don't understand is like so many of us on the other end it induces the feeling of FOMO, mm-hmm. whether we whether we think that we're in control of our emotions or not. Mm-hmm. It induces the feeling of, of FOMO. So why would I post something knowing that that's the feeling that I would give to someone? Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. just if I weigh like the pros and cons, I get way more pros thinking, OK, I saved someone from from feeling that feeling of FOMO. Mm-hmm. By posting or by not posting. Interesting. So okay. I would rather not post so that I don't make someone feel that. Yeah, Maybe that's eventually, good. that's just my, yeah. one of my rationales. I mean, I, I'm not yeah. into it as is, but maybe we will get to a point where no one ever has any FOMO. Yeah. And so we're, we are, we will have evolved so much more alongside of our technology so that we 
can just post whatever and, and no one would ever feel that. Yeah. But I don't know when that's going to happen, if it will ever mm-hmm. fully happen. I like that thinking a lot because I think I, I have been in situations like that as well. Because if you think about it, like posting is bragging. It's self-driven. It's very bragging. 100% it's self-driven. bragging. And unfortunately, like even if you don't mean like your intent, I know when people post their intention isn't most people. It's not to be like, oh, look how horrible your life is compared to mine at this moment. But that is the effect. Sending someone you know? a DM of something funny to make them happy, mm-hmm. that's totally different. Posting a birthday post to hopefully mm-hmm. like highlight your friend who's celebrating the birthday. Mm-hmm. Those are like activities on social media that I do think make the other person feel good. Mm-hmm. Posting something embarrassing of yourself that would make someone else laugh that might not make you feel good but it would make the other people laugh mm-hmm. posting stuff about what you're doing where you're at the parties you're at the people who you're with solely to just show the people who follow you what you're doing that is 100% self-driven I do believe that because and it's not with bad intentions it just is it if you think that you're posting that because the other people that follow you will see it and feel good about themselves, that's not the result that you're going to get. And I think that um, I'm, I'm happy that I'm finally like articulating that because that is a huge thing on social media that I don't think people really think about because we've all just gotten so used to following the social standards that have been um, structured through like the beginnings of these social media sites mm-hmm. and we've just continued to like execute them. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, okay. In terms of like, what are some good solutions that you think we, um, especially as Americans, um, who kind of come from a place where there is a lot of opportunity, but, but not even opportunity, just like ways to spend your time. Because I think that's also part of it is like, the the options isn't even just about like options from a privileged perspective, but it's also options from just how to spend your, how to spend your time. Like even if you just have, if you have a a smartphone or a smart device or a laptop between Netflix, between social media apps, which are free, like there's a lot of free things that can sucker your time. Um, how do you like, what solutions do you propose to like managing all these options? If you're an American, I think the first one is just practicing more discipline and if we all collectively encourage that, mm-hmm. then we'll all feel like we're kind of in it together. Mm-hmm. So there won't be those pulls or those feelings of like, oh, I'm the only one doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one trying to be disciplined when everyone else is just still in- engaging in every single mm-hmm. thing. So, and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Be okay with um, feeling comfortable with what you're choosing to do with mm-hmm. your time. Mm-hmm. That's something that's hard because. It's like, and especially with people posting what they're doing, it's like, oh, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. Yeah. I just think getting those thoughts out of your head would help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. That's kind of all I can think of right now, I, I think. Yeah, I found a few options that I, I researched. Um, one of them, this is like a small thing, but apparently make your most important decisions in the morning rather than the night. They There's even studies that like if you go – to a doctor like always go to a doctor in the morning because that's when they're the most alert and they're able to be kind of the most um you know good at their job or if you're going to court try to get a court date in the morning um so I think that one's interesting because I think it is good to sleep on things if there is a big decision that needs a proper processing time you don't want to rush that especially when you're bombarded with all the different options that you could choose distractions um and then one of them is conserve so this is interesting so a lot of people like they choose to conserve um their choices by just making it based off a single factor like price or um you know let's say you're looking at two different tvs and you're just making the decision based off a price but you there's so many other factors yeah you want to look at all the factors and weigh it so that was another suggestion is don't just Mm. look at one aspect when you're making a decision. Mm -hmm. I think that people are starting to do that more. Maybe back in our parents' like childhood, it was more the nicest, Mm -hmm. the most expensive. And normally all of those sort of like fell in the same realm that if you're going to get a bigger TV, it's going to be nicer and more expensive where nowadays a phone is more expensive than a TV and it's infinitely smaller. Yeah. So it's not kind of weird. It is very weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I like that. That's Um, cool. Yeah, and then the last one was just kind of what you said. Put limits on your options to make the best decision. Um, And I think that's good because 
you know, like having, you know, even when it comes to like things like alcohol or, um, you know, you have things that are good in moderation, it's, it's easier to just be like, I'm done with alcohol. At first, it's it going to be hard, but it is It goes easier. back to the dichotomy thing. It's easier or to be like... easy to pick a political candidate because yeah. it's one or the other, yeah. you know? It's super easy to do that black and white thinking. However, like, that isn't trained... For some people, that might be good. Some people might not be able to handle with specific things like um, a balance. But I think for the majority of us, it's actually a good practice in self-discipline, in... Um, developing your character and developing morality and developing you to be a better person by the time that you die. Yeah. You want to be the best person you and can And your be. own independent beliefs. Yeah. That's really hard when yeah. there's no external factor really influencing you. When it's coming from you, that's so hard to figure out. Yeah. So, But I, it's way more beneficial, I think, once you do. Yeah. And I always, especially from, which we didn't get into this as much, I wish we had talked about options in terms of morality because I think that's also a problem is now with morality there's so many different options out there and I just have always placed limits in my head like if I mess up like apologize within 24 hours same same if I um you know I can't only- stand it if I don't Another thing, people people struggle a lot with drinking and driving and not like I'm not talking about people that are absolutely hammered in driving, but just people who maybe had like two or three drinks and are driving. Um, and my thing is like <laughs> only only one drink, only one drink, only one drink, only one drink. Like you, okay. just, you have to put limits on yourself because otherwise yeah. what happens is then you get in a situation and you have to make a decision in that moment when you're getting all this new information thrown at you and it's so much easier to just be like, I don't do hard drugs. Whatever your limit is, establish that so that when you're in a situation when someone's like, oh, like come into the bathroom, like let's do a line or whatever, you're able to know, is this something that I want to do or is it something that I don't want to participate in? And you're not influenced by all these factors of that particular situation, Mm -hmm. you know? No, I really like that, especially when it comes to sort of like partying behaviors yeah. or whatever. I would I would say limit is the word for that. But I also would would say in just day-to-day decisions of okay, how much should I spend on my groceries? How yeah. much how much should I be traveling a year in terms of like going on trips? Mm. You have to sort of consciously set constraints or else you'll find yourself day-to-day just going with the flow at whatever Saying yes to everything. Yeah, saying yes to everything. And that could take you away from like other goals that you might have set for Mm -hmm. yourself. It's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Even just like overall mindfulness, I think, is also a good like strategy. Literally, I think mindfulness can manifest in a million ways, even in terms of brushing your teeth. Like I, I try personally to. Do you brush your teeth like four times a day? No, I don't (laughs) brush my teeth four times. I brush my teeth like three times a day. But um, just consciously. Like, okay, sometimes it's good to slow down and be like, I'm getting out my toothpaste. I'm putting my hand on my toothbrush Mm -hmm. and I'm like putting my toothpaste on. We think that's such a dumb, boring, non-stimulating activity. But if you you try to see the silver lining in everything, I'm so grateful to have toothpaste or I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. to have water that I can put on my toothbrush to spit in. Like the tiniest little things – I think that all of those like little happiness moments where you have that gratefulness and dopamine like explode into your overall contentment. Mm -hmm. And something that I found um, a quote just through researching this was, um, you know how people say and like talks and stuff choose to be happy? Well, happiness isn't a choice, right? Mm -hmm. Happiness comes as a side effect of the choices that you make. Interesting. So – I guess the goal would be not to choose happiness, but to choose the decisions that will lead you to happiness. I like that a lot. And I think that that's like a totally, I I just love that Mm -hmm. because if happiness were a choice, everyone would choose it. Mm -hmm. But it it might be different for everyone, but that would be the easy way out, right? Mm -hmm. There's no no rule book. So Mm -hmm. you need to figure out what your choices are Mm -hmm. to get you to to your Mm -hmm. happiness since it Mm -hmm. is is subjective, but just know that it's not a choice, Mm -hmm. that it's, result yeah yeah I like that a lot (laughs) there we go (laughs) but yeah I also found something kind of creepy I looked up how many decisions do we make a day like even in the littlest decisions of oh should I have cereal for breakfast or should I have toast Mm -hmm. we make 35,000 decisions on average wow 
Yeah. It's like little opportunity costs, judgments wonder, every day. I wonder, okay, going back to like evolution and evolving and, and having so many decisions to make and, and so many options right here in America in 2021, I wonder what that number was like a thousand years ago. I, I know. I'd be curious to compare. That's a good point. Actually, kind of. I think that. that, I think um, even recently in the early 1900s and 1800s where people were living in more frontier land lives, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that they were a lot more in routine, mm-hmm. like did the same day yeah, over so and over probably again, but to. they were fine with that because yeah. everybody else did that. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's like we go three days of the same day and, and we aren't stimulated enough and we mm-hmm. have to go and search for something else. So that's where I think the minimalism encouragement could actually bring a lot of goodness and fulfillment into our lives right now Mm -hmm. because we won't have all these external factors like telling us that we need more stimulation or that we need change I wonder how long because like right now we're we're pretty addicted to the busy lives that we grew up in and and how much stimulation we have yeah I wonder what how many years that would take to fully wean off of all of the stimulation that's at our fingertips I don't know. Like if you went full like Amish. <laughs> like I'm yeah, curious. Like yeah. what like if you gave up everything. If you gave up everything, how I actually remember we watched a show about that. Yeah. In in history. Oh gosh. Yeah, I remember that. I kind of have PTSD from that class. Yeah. But um It was called Frontier Life. No, but I actually enjoyed it because I was like, I'm witnessing a life that I have never had and yeah. probably never will. But there's something so beautiful about that. And and it's all over in film where you're able to live vicariously through another person, mm-hmm. another story. And that's where technology is really awesome, I think, because we're able to do things in a short form way and experience that stimulation without actually uprooting your life and living that life, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it does save time. It does. And same with video games. If you're having daydreaming of building some cool house and you don't have the time or money to be able to do that in real life, you could do it in Minecraft. Mm -hmm. You could, you you can have all of these experiences. Mm -hmm. It might not be the exact same, but it's, it goes back to the hint thing where you get Mm -hmm. a hint of it. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. But then deciding what to do in your real life. That's, that's a totally different Mm -hmm. issue in itself. Do you have any, any final words? Um, I wanted to throw another piece of advice in, not in terms of, Um, finding more discipline Mm -hmm. in terms of fighting the overwhelming feeling of, of too many options, but in terms of like retaining more material to actually translate it into more skill. Like we talked about this in clubhouse the other night with, with Lucas and Benin um, that we've, we've had moments of hardship with retaining everything that we're absorbing, whether it be through content on YouTube or images we see on Instagram or articles we read, books we read, podcasts we listen to. There's a lot of info. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the only recommendations I can give for that are to just try to live as healthy of a physical life as you can so that your brain (laughs) can work at its optimal level. Because yeah, when you don't sleep great. And when you are partying too much, doing drugs, drinking alcohol, not eating healthy, all of those physical, um, homeostasis factors are going to get fired in ways that will detract from your brain working in the best way that it can. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have computer brains yet. We like, we don't have, we don't store permanently. Mm -hmm. So we, it's something that you have to practice. And I think that, um, retention is a muscle that has to be constantly, worked out like worked out you know mm-hmm. in order to get it to do things that you maybe never thought possible um because yeah we're not robots we're not ai but mm-hmm. i think that i know for a fact that like maybe some people listening to this have had moments of being like like why can't i why can't i remember this yeah why haven't i studied this why why can't i actually retain um without the use of a phone yeah and i think it's because you're able to search everything at your fingertips and just, I mean, even just if you think about writing a paper, you used to have to read the actual physical books before you wrote the research paper. You couldn't just look mm-hmm. something up, copy and paste it. Not, mm-hmm. no, I'm not saying you cheat, but you, you're able to quickly 
assemble an essay. Yeah, you had faster. to learn and then you could regurgitate. Yeah. But now we're like regurgitating and copying and yeah. doing all of this at the same time. For sure. It's yeah. very overwhelming. But I think that the whole brain exercising factor goes back to discipline. And I think that um, with that being as healthy and optimal as possible, then it helps with this overwhelming stuff with mm-hmm. just, yeah, helping to car- mm-hmm. compartmentalize all of the stuff Mm -hmm, for sure that makes sense for sure well we want to wrap this up and i'm glad that you guys listened in we had a few people pop in and out of the clubhouse so that is great we will continue Mm -hmm. to do that um because for any of you guys who there's still probably a lot of listeners who don't have clubhouse or are are new to the, the platform but basically um it's an app where you can live listening on a conversation um and we eventually would love to get these these groups big enough where we could do a q a yeah um, at the end so if you have clubhouse feel free to follow either of us um we'll be hosting these um my we're gonna my, do this every episode from now on yeah. because it is cool to allow our listeners to to listen live if they mm-hmm. so should want to yeah um and yeah the q a setup would be really fun yeah because yeah. that's something we've always we've wanted to have the technology for this from the day we started the podcast to have it be like a com- community interactive Experience, format. Yeah. But um, now we do. So yeah. And we'll, we'll we don't know. have a podcast account though. So if you want to follow us, it's gotta be either That's what I was about to say. Yeah, our personal. Yeah. Accounts. So my personal is um, at Ella McFarland and then um, Jordan's. Is- it's just Jordan craft, but it has two T's at the end because okay. for some reason, Jordan craft was taken. That's unfortunate. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, what I wanted to say is that what I want to do is before we record, hopefully we could get a story up on Instagram so we could let people know to join the clubhouse. Um, yeah. So that the they can look out for that yeah. notification mm-hmm. and then know. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Sorry about the sunset. Um, we recorded a little late no. today. Hopefully it's not too dark. You should have seen it flipped around. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. Have a good rest of your night. Um, we'll catch you next time. Yep. Yeah. Catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you.